can't judge um, the repeated asking. Um, Luke 18, verses 1 to 6. Um, I just want to just a thought on that. Um, he was very, he I'm wasn't very. Someone? Sorry. That's it. Did you just want to unmute? No, I'm back. Just, <laughs> sorry, Lauren was um, at the door and I just needed to answer her and I didn't think you guys would like to have me interrupting your conversation. So, I'm back. So, so go unmute. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm good. You were saying, Dion? Just a thought on, on the, the asking and keep asking. The unjust judge. The widow, is it the, not the widow, is it the, um, when she kept asking him and he, and he just, he, he wouldn't give her what she, what she desired, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and then only after some time did he actually give it to her. Um, I'm trying to understand, because the Lord, God is, is such a giving God. Right. But it seems like we have to, at times, at some, in certain seasons, we need to actually just keep praying over certain areas and problems. It doesn't just be given to us. Um, so I'm just trying to understand why um, that was brought in in the scripture in the sense that because we serve such a giving God, He's, he's open to give us anything, anything that he, you know that we really need. Um, why was it? Why was that brought into the scripture? Because the because he wasn't a he wasn't a very giving man, and it took time for her to get what she wanted from him. Right. It will make sense. Well, so remember, you know, Jesus is uh, is is uh, is trying to share a message with people, right? Mm-hmm. And he's giving an illustration, right? Yeah. Uh, he he knows that uh, um, one of the things he came to the planet to do was to um, Share the attribute or the characteristic of the Father, right? Before Jesus started talking about Father, they didn't didn't know Him as Father. They knew Him as powerful and mighty, and they definitely knew Him as a judge of right and wrong. So their perception of God was He was a judge, and because they didn't know Him, they thought He was a mean judge, right? Mm-hmm. So so Jesus was meeting them at where they were, okay. So, so that's where he was. He was talking about an unjust judge. You think he's that way, even if you think he's that way. How should you behave with him? Okay, he's not that way. But okay. So in this story, a person who had a need was behaving with uh, an unjust judge. Right. So the focus isn't on the judge. The focus is on the behavior of the person. Right. So, so, she, so, so don't think about the judge, think about the behavior. So the behavior was, she was not going to um, be denied her inheritance or den- de- denied the truth, right? Yeah. Um, so do, do we have that attitude of, I'm going to have what was promised to me? Or do we have the attitude of, sometimes I will, sometimes I won't. On a good day, I will. On a bad day, I won't. I hope mm-hmm. it goes well. You know, 
So what is your attitude when you're in a situation? Do you go, I guess I'm just tossed to and fro by the waves? Uh, I guess God doesn't care about me? Or do I stay consistent in believing he's going to do something? Wow. That's that's awesome. So I've actually never looked at it like that before. I'm in that as it was in that those times as well. Right. You speaking to. So that's really awesome. I never thought of it like that before. Yeah, so so you know when Jesus is speaking, you know, to us live or to us, you know, through the New Testament, um, we have to, you know, put it in context, right? And so um, especially reading the New Testament, we can't read the New Testament from uh, a Western point of view, uh, a Wally point of view, or a South African point of view, or an Australian point of view. We've got to read it. We've got to read it from his perspective, right? And yeah. that's one of the benefits of understanding um, uh, uh, Middle East or Hebraic culture. Uh, understanding, you know, what he's trying to convey, right? Understanding him, right? Uh, I mean, someone said there's like, I don't know, seven or nine layers within uh, Jesus' teachings, right? There's the surface layer. There's a story about a judge and a lady. Well, okay. And there's just other layers in there, right? You know, there's a, there's a message in there about the legal system, about whole, you know, whole courtroom teachings, right? There's a message in there about um, uh, what do you do when you're uh, a widow or perceived by yourself, right? Um, but the key thing is, Jesus you know, ends that message with, um, will I find this kind of faith on earth when I return? Right? And again, the emphasis is on the person and their attributes, not the, not the, the judge or the circumstances or the situation. You know? yeah. Will you continue to believe when circumstances don't support your belief? Right? Will, you, yeah. will you trust the truth even though there's lies all around you and nothing's going your way? Or will you give up? Right? Mm-hmm. So most of us give up, right? Um, most of us, you know, go get help from someplace else. Um, but we rarely um, stay in the face of the highest authority there is, right? Mm-hmm. And see, and the, when, we, when we hear unjust, we think of a, a bad guy. We think of someone who's not for us. We get our, our, our emotions kind of kick in, right? But the, the Bible is clear that the just live by faith, not by emotions, not by our circumstances, not by our feelings, not by how we're treated, not by all those things, right? But we usually live by all those things, right? So, <laughs> So, but even if you have, there's no condemnation in it. And as my wife just added, um, sometimes we throw in combination because we don't know who we are, we don't know what the judge is doing, so then we think, I must be doing something wrong, right? Yeah. And, and yeah. the judge is not going to help us because I've done something wrong. But there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus, right? Yes. So yes. it doesn't matter how you feel, it matters what the truth says, right? And according to the story, in, in spite of everything going on wrong around her, the truth said, because she continued to believe, now that's my words, because she continued to stay in my face, I gave her what she needed, right? 
And that's the and that's the point, not the character of the situation, but the character of what's in your own personal heart. Right? And so she didn't take, you know, the first round of leave me alone, lady. Uh, second round of um, feeling, you know, that you get when you, you don't, you're not sure you're right, you're not sure things are going your way, and you want to go, you know, go home and cry, you know, or or, or stop praying or give up. That's the combination condemnation field that you haven't done the right thing therefore you deserve what you get um, and that's and that's our real battle you know do we deserve did we make a wrong decision probably yes did we not 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 probably true but we still can go to our good judge our heavenly father and he can make things right mm -hmm. So it's not about logic. It's not about sense. It's not. It's about relationship. Mm -hmm. We're related to a good, good God, right? And if we forget that or don't know that, we won't stand in the midst of everything that's gone wrong, even our own wrong decisions. Some of us believe, and, and I'm big on this myself, which is I'm trying to change my mind on that. But if I've if I've made the wrong decision, dropped the wrong way, not prepared, all all the knots, then I think I deserve something bad okay mm. but God says you know when you were yet sinners I loved you so you know in the kingdom of God you don't get what you deserve you get what the Father has for you I like that I'll write that down yeah that's good wow awesome Actually, I think it's you get what you desire. So if you think you don't get anything, then you won't get anything. <laughs> but I think if you realize that he's giving goodness based off based on him, not based on your performance, not based on stuff we do, that cha that should change our our belief, it should change our mindset, it should change our our ability to endure enduring hard, hard times. Yeah. Because sure. it's like, you know, if you, you know, if, if you're, um, you know, when you, when you get a check in your hand, you know, uh, you know, I think checks are international, and you go to the bank, none of us, um, we walk in the bank with a check that's signed to us and go to the teller, and if the teller takes, the bank teller takes more than five seconds, we don't start complaining we don't walk out. We don't call for a manager, you know. Yeah, we do. We sign the check, <laughs> expect our money, and it happens this time that. Now, if we go to that same bank and they tell us, oh, you know, we're going to have to hold the funds for one day, two days, three days, we now sometimes kind of question, like, why can't I have my money now, right? <laughs> and, and they give us some ruling, you know, like, because of something stupid, you know. And then, you know, now on day three, when the money's supposed to be in our account, and it's not there, some of us just kind of go, oh, well, it was too good to be true. That money wasn't perfect for me. Or other, us, other people go down to the bank and say, excuse me, you said my money would be in the account on day three. It is day three, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's when you, you stand on your rights, not your feelings, not on... I should have taken the check there earlier, not on, I should have got cash instead of the check. 
forget all that, you stand on the truth, and, and you get what you are expecting to come, right? Yes. Or you go, it's too hard, I can't drive that far, I don't need that money, so I'll just give it up, and maybe next time will be better. And that's the wrong mindset, right? So that's so that's a good thing. I mean, so again, when, you know, that story there, Jesus wanted us to to check your attitude, right, and see um, uh, see the characteristics of that lady, and see what characteristics we could adopt into our own life. And I, I think that's what he was trying to convey to us. Wow, it's awesome because it's like a totally new way of looking at it for me, anyway. So, so that was, you know, so that some characteristics from her life are, um, uh, hold on a second, are, uh, Um, <laughs> I echoing? Yes, everyone go on mute except for me. <laughs> it's weird. Someone's microphone's too close. Yeah, that's better. Ooh, all that little went away. Um, so, so that characteristic from that lady, um, the widow woman in Luke eighteen one through six, is a quality of. Uh, Steadfastness, a quality of believing, a quality of a good quality that we need in um, uh, walking uh, with the Father in this journey. Right? And um, so, from last week to this week, um, I, I I went to a meeting Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. And um, and from the meeting, I was here. Uh, Saturday and some things over the week. I had the sense that um, sometimes when we think about walking with God, we think we're actually not walking with Him, we're walking for Him. We kind of get in the performance thing again, like you know the the, the tests and trials that we're going through, uh, just the, the test of changing our mind. Right? We actually think that's just we're on our own, but um, we're really not on our own. So that's why the topic of the day's uh, messages, you know, you're not alone in this journey, and and we need not to forget that. And so um, that's where I want to go today. If that's okay with y'all. <laughs> they can hear you. No. <laughs> it's a really good microphone, honey. They can hear you. <laughs> so that's my wife. <laughs> so, so have we just done the homework? <laughs> so, um, so as I was prepping for this, the scripture, uh, James 1, 24, I'll read it. It says, But be doers of the word, obey the message, and not merely listeners to it. Uh, betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary, contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it, and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in a mirror, for he thoughtfully observes himself, then he goes on and promptly forgets what he's like. And um, 
when I read that, you know, last night and today, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, you know, we we forget so much, but we we've been exposed to the truth, but we're yeah, not yeah. we're not acting on it, and somehow we forget what the word says about us. We even forget what the Father says about us, and we act like we don't know who we are, right? And the picture in this, you know, the story here is like a guy looks at his face in the mirror, you know, and then he 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 leaves the mirror and doesn't know who he is, right? And so, and I mean, it's like, how can that be? How can we so easily forget the truth? But I think it's because of the environment we live in, you know, um, we're in this world that, um, and I'm going to talk about. I think it's just. Um, um, from the the meeting I was at last well, last night, um, he talked about it as in the spirit of the spirit of the world, the spirit of the age, an orphan spirit. But somehow there's just a, a force here that will be in a meeting, will be on a Skype call, will be talking with friends, and our faith is so high. We believe God is is awesome. We believe all things are possible. Then five minutes later, you know. We get a, a strange email, we get a text, and we go into fear. And we go, I need, and we, we turn on our own resources and we forget that God is for us, and we just kind of act like that everything we knew five minutes earlier is no, is no longer true, right? And so what I just realized really today is that is not a, a, a natural thing only, okay? Um, and and we can't be um, passive in this thingy. Um, we've got to do what the scripture says. I mean, it says, you know, we've got to be doers of the word. Because if you don't do it, if you only listen to it, um, the, in that first verse, uh, verse 22, it says, um, if you only listen to the word, you betray yourself. Okay, wait a minute. What does that mean? Into this deception by reasoning. So what happens is, you hear something, you think you know it because you your brain recorded it, right? And you think it's active in your life because we all read about the um, the lady, the unjust judge, and the woman, and so we all know. Yes, we're 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 never going to give up. We're going to have the faith of that little lady. And as soon as this message is over, you're going to be tested. <laughs> you know, you know. Are you going to are you going to see God as an unjust judge? Are you going to see God as a God who's for you and loving? And are you going to believe Him, the good God, in the midst of your lying situation? You know, will you will you forget who you are, or will you be who you are? Right? And um, and there's there's something going on there. So in this journey of, into sonship, or journey with the Father, or journey into maturity, I think sometimes we're walking and we forget why we're walking, who we're walking with, if he's actually there with us, or what what's the deal, you know? And so, um, and I'm thinking, so I wrote down the notes that I think it's something to deal with, at least for today's topic, an, an orphan spirit, right? So I want to talk about when the word orphan is mentioned, you know, what do you think of when you hear the word orphan, or what picture comes to mind, or... Um, because we're not orphans, so I want to start with the the not portion, and leave the not and go to who we really are. But I want to kind of kill this orphan thing because I think we're not we don't realize that sometimes we forget who we are, 
and we want to identify the lie so we can crush it. Okay. So the question for the group is: When you hear the word orphan, what definition or picture comes to mind? So, uh, in light of this recording, if you could, when you're speaking, have your mic on. When you're not speaking, be on mute. Okay. Who wants to go first? Me. <laughs> go for it. I see the word um, abandoned and unloved words. Wow, that's powerful. Anybody else? I think that um, I would probably think that, you know, it's somebody that uh, doesn't have anyone to love them or care for them. Did uh, the movie Little Orphan Annie, the cartoon, the movie, get get across the waters to you guys? Yes. Okay. It's Jessica here. When I think of orphan, I think of someone who doesn't have a mom or a dad, and they feel all alone in their life, and they feel like they have no place to call their home, um, and... They feel no security or safety. They don't know how they will provide for themselves. And they don't know who they belong or who they fit into. Wow, I think you just described 80% of the body of Christ. And Alicia just said lost identity. Yeah. And so if there is a a spirit being called orphan spirit who has a strategy out there to have believers who have supposedly at some time engaged in a relationship with the Father, who have been adopted by the Father, to believe everything that Jessica has said there about having no mom, no dad, no home, no security, no safety, no one for you, uh, abandoned, unloved. I mean... If, if those words or those pictures um, are what's in your mind right now and you and then someone tells you to walk the journey into sonship you're thinking why <laughs> you know I need to go find a mom and a dad all kind of stuff right so anybody else on, on orphan thank you Jessica that was really good I, I agree with Jessica I, I got the word alone alone and yeah Poverty, in a sense. I don't know why poverty. Uh, lack. Poor. Um, but I think Jessica sort of nailed on the head with everything. And Jen. Um, but poor and, po- and, 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 and alone came to mind. I think poverty has a, quite a link. It's good. I don't know your identity. <laughs> Yeah, I think the, the other movie, kind of a classic uh, the movie, Oliver Twist, you know, uh, so when you see Oliver Twist, you know, please, uh, in the orphanage, you know, more food, you know, you think of poverty, you've got no benefactor, no no one caring for you who's, who's meeting your needs. So, yes. yeah, I would think orphan and poverty and, and lack, you know, all go together. Yeah. Um, 
those are some powerful words that you guys have mentioned there on the whole orphan thinking. I mean, if if any of those words are active in your being when you think about your walk or relationship with the Lord, those are things that you want to identify. Not identify you want to attack those words and, and kill those words and replace those words with uh, the the truth of the relationship, right? Um, um, when, 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 when the disciples asked Jesus, you know, hey, how do you pray? What's the secret of prayer? The first words Jesus said were, um, my father. That, that was a revelation, those guys. They didn't, they never address God as my father, right? Um, and, and just that simple truth, if we can get an idea that, um, our Heavenly Father is totally for us and He's altogether good, He's not like an earthly father. He's much better than that. You know, he's our heavenly father. If we can get just that one truth, that one reality, that one concept to be forefront and first in our mind, that would totally <clears throat> change your day, change your week, change your month, change your year, change your life, change everyone around you, right? Uh, everyone at your, your, your whole sphere of influence. If you really, really believe that your Father, who arched in heaven, who lives in heaven, and hallowed be his name, was really on your side, um, I think change, things would really change. Just that one understanding of that one truth. So with that understanding, those great words you guys gave on, on, on orphans, how do you think orphans think? What's the mentality of an orphan? Lack. So orphans think they have nothing, they're lacking stuff. Not that. To me, anyway. Orphans think they are. I love. Yeah, um, Annie, you can share. Either by text or by speaking on your microphone. Hey. Hey. Hi, everybody. Hi, Annie. Hi. So I just Googled a very interesting word. Like, it was so interesting, I thought, no, that can't be possible. But the word that came to mind was betray. Ooh. Yeah. I'm like, okay, let me see if, if that's you, Holy Spirit. So I Googled it. And, like... Not to make a career out of this, I just want to kind of read off some quick things. Um, if someone betrays something such as a promise, whoa, they do not do what they promise. So there's a responsibility when you have a child, when you become a member of a family. It's a give and take relationship. You become one, you become a unit. And if all of a sudden, there's disconnect there, there's breakdown, you're feeling like an island onto yourself, there's, I think it's possible to feel a sense of being betrayed. Someone's yeah. taking their responsibility. Someone's not following through with a promise, so to speak. I'm sure there's other meanings here because I did glance through a couple of others. 
Um, but again, I don't want to make a career out of that. And if you're interested in the word, then just do a Google search yourself, okay? That's good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, a betrayal good. mentality. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Wow. Anything else on how, how orphans think? I think uh, an orphan would also think or feel that they are um, lost in the crowd, uh, that everyone else is more important than they are. Ooh, wow. Isolation, really. Everyone else is more important than we are. I, I used to, I used to think that uh, I, w I wouldn't pray because I would think that you know God was answering everyone else's prayers because they were more important, yes. right? Yeah, I did too. And so, so why should I pray since He's only answering Billy Graham's prayers, right? Wow. Yeah. And uh, and so you can see here if. Uh, an, an orphan's mentality, thoughts and feelings, affect the way they would interact with other people, interact with other authorities. If you think that some authority figure, like a mother or father, betrayed you, you will take that betrayal and put it on every other authority figure. You will not trust people because you're thinking you've been betrayed, therefore you're not important, you're not loved, and you're on your own. Uh, Dion said it, you're an island to yourself, right? Yeah, um, yeah that's right. And so, in all of these characteristics, you know, um, if you see them in uh, companies, if you see them in friends and family, if you see them in churches and organizations, um, then you now know that, oh, that's why they respond that way. They are seeing things from an orphan's point of view, right? And so, how do you, you know, so then you got to go like, oh, so that will change the way you interact with people once you know their perspective, right? So, so on the same line, how do you think orphans deal with problems or situations they face? Sure. Could you please repeat the question? Yeah, how does an how does a person who either is an orphan or thinks they're an orphan deal with problems or challenging situations? On their own. They still have to do it on their own. Can you repeat that? I withdraw. Withdrawal? Uh, I know, I used to like, I, I used to ignore the situation and act like it, it really wasn't there. Uh, it's kind of like with a, a bill, I would say, I'd put off things, you know, I would delay and delay and delay, you know, I wouldn't confront. 
because I was afraid that things would get worse, you know, if I dealt with it. Um, so South Africa is going away. Felicia holds firm. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe their internet dropped out. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oh, they're back. There we go. Sorry. You have, a, you have an orphan connection to the internet. Okay. So <laughs> you are valuable. You are connected. You're not rejected. The internet is betraying you. So we do. <laughs> so Thank you. Yeah, I don't. I don't want to dwell too much on the on the orphan thing. Yeah. I don't want to talk too much on the orphan thing because as we talk about it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have more characteristics of an orphan than I do of a son, which is bad. I wasn't expecting to to relate so easily to these comments, you know? I was expecting to go, oh yeah, way over there, far away, but they're all kind of too close, right? And so what that tells me, and hopefully tells you, is, oh my gosh, is this something we got to really deal with, right? We can't just um, act like one day I'll think differently, okay? One day I'll grow out of this. So I'm telling you right now that one day will never come, right? Um, you have to actively, just like the scripture said in James 1, um, you have to be a doer. There has to be some action on our part to get out of this mentality, right? There has to be, we got to do something to look in the mirror and not forget who we are. So, so the scripture in Romans 8, which is in the notes there, says that uh, the verse is, uh, uh, you have received the spirit of adoption, right? So, no matter where we were, whatever situation, circumstance we're in, we've been adopted, right? And so, and so the good thing is, um, um, you know, if we felt betrayed yesterday or five minutes ago, or we identify with someone who, in our Facebook world, you know, says they were betrayed by their best friend, and I'm like, why would you post that? I don't, I don't, I mean, it, it, I felt pain for somebody who I don't know is posting about a betrayal, and I'm like, Wow. Okay. Now I feel bad. You know, not that you know maybe I should pray for, her, but it's like, hmm. But she was to me. It felt like she was relating way too much to the betrayal, even though there's pain. You know, we don't we don't deny pain, but we need to quickly go to the truth, right? Yes. Uh, if one person hurts me, that doesn't mean I'm not worthy of love, right? If I get hurt, it doesn't mean that I'm a loser, right? If something goes wrong, it doesn't mean that God doesn't God does not love me, right? And that's the the the, the world we live in. We try to magnify the wrong and and then personalize it. You've attracted that bad thing happening to you. Your decisions always end you that way, and that's not the truth. The truth is you've been adopted, okay, and you are a child of God. And so so in that scripture we read. We're going to read all of it. It's Romans 8, 14-17. Um, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. Well, that's pretty, pretty deep. All. Okay. Not just some. Not just the South Africans. Not just the Australians. But all who are led. Right? Um, 
For the spirit which you have now received is not a spirit of slavery to put you once more in bondage to fear. So the whole thing that we were talking about, the orphan thing, is all around fear. You know, fear of any time now, I'm, I'm, it's going to get worse. You know, I've been betrayed, I've been rejected, I've been unloved. Those are all fear-based um, motivations. And the spirit of this age is really fear-driven. And we as, as sons of God and, and children of light, are, 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 we live by faith and not fear. Because we've not been given a spirit of fear. We've been adopted, right? But you have received the spirit of adoption, the spirit producing sonship, and the bliss of which we cry, Abba, Father, right? Um, because of what He's done, we can we can call Him Father, not because we've earned it, right? We've done nothing to be sons, but He's made it possible for us to be sons. Mm-hmm. And and if we are His children, then we are also His heirs. Wait a minute, we're going too far. I just want to be saved and and not go to hell. But wait, we're heirs. There's benefits to this relationship. There's benefits to being a son. And if we're heirs of God, we're fellow heirs with Jesus, with Christ, sharing his inheritance. Wait a minute. Now, we know Jesus is victorious. We know that Jesus conquered everything. But we get a piece of his inheritance because we're we're an heir, we're a son like he's a son. Oh, that's too much, right? There, There are many people on the planet who are just like, I'm glad, you know, my name's written in the book of life. Um, that's all I want. It's just that. Um, and I'm just waiting to die so I can get there to the good stuff, right? And we're not we're called to be fellow heirs and just as much of, of a of a of a difference that Jesus made on this planet, we have the same potential to make the same kind of impact on the planet as he did. Okay. Yes, yes. Now that's amazing to me. But in that verse there um, things like the spirit is producing sonship. I never saw that before. I thought there was a lot of stuff I had to do. <laughs> yeah. But so the, so all that I can't do, he is doing. All I've got to do is believe. Right? Yes. Yes. And so I have the easy part, and the, the Godhead has the hard part. I mean, the Father made the decision to adopt me, which is like, wow. Right? Thank you. Right? The spirit... Mm-hmm. Is is continually working in me, around me, on me to be a son, right? Mm-hmm. I need to agree with his work. Right? I don't do the work. I need to agree with his work. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I don't have to sweat about it. I just have to go. Wow! Look, you you you're changing my heart. Oh look! I should love South Africans and not hate them. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, then I can be in agreement with it, with him and his working, or I can be in my reasoning and deceiving myself and actually work myself out of my adoption, right? I can be adopted but act like an orphan. And and that's what we want to talk about today, really, is we are adopted, but many of us are thinking and acting and living like we're orphans. Yes. Yes. And, and and we we got to stop that, right? Um, so I had a question to notice is you know what can we do in the practical to remind us that we are sons? Anybody? What can we do to remind us of who we really are? 
I, I don't recommend asking friends because they'll tell you who they think you are and they may not be right. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's not a tricky question, obviously. What's that? <laughs> not a tricky question. It's not a trick question. You know. Not a trick question, yeah. Yeah. Walk with the mindset of Thanksgiving. I'm sorry? Walk with the mindset of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving for what? My inheritance. All that God has done for me. What's he done for you? He saved me, set me free. He shows me new truths every day. Okay. I like that. So be remind so so is your memory good enough or should you have a poster? Should you put stuff in your business card? Should you I mean how much do you need to remind to remind you of who you are? Again, that's probably an individual thing, right? Mm. Isn't it a mindset though? It's Choosing a mindset. To think about good things. Yeah. So what what triggers you to think of good things, right? Um, like you know, I watch a lot of action movies, which a person who just walked by in my household doesn't like that. But I like the movies that that the good guy always wins, right? I like movies where I can identify with the hero overcome some ridiculous situation and the movie's over, I've changed the world or saved the world or did something pretty good, right? Um, so that helps me remember that I'm on this planet to do the same thing. I use those kind of moves to trigger me to help me remember how awesome is my God who's in me, how awesome is the spirit who triggers me, who's working to make me a son, Right, so I use well, all, most of the movies I choose I watch are are for that. So I intentionally pick movies that I'm going to win. Right, um, I don't pick movies and watch. I mean, I hate movies that the hero dies. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. I'm not dying. So we're not, not watching that one again. <laughs> you know. So, but um, but I I I read biographies of people who are successful. Right. Um, yes. I try to, um, well, in those biographies that I read, I highlight and underline and to reinforce that truth, right? And I try to make sure that eventually I, I'll find a scripture which I know is closer to what God has said, not just what's been evident in the guy's life, right? Because if you don't look really hard around you, you won't find the truth manifested because the world system is trying to put people and models in front of you, which are 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 are, are, are not victorious and not defeated, because the world system is not doing well, right? So the models that are in front of you uh, all the time on commercials, TV, movies, stuff, are really death and dying and losing, right? And without hope. So they're they're manifesting and magnifying the orphan spirit that you are alone. There's no, you can't trust anyone. Um, no one's for you. Um, try to make it on your own, and there's a few people out there who are just better than you are, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so lies are being propagated all the time, right? Uh, someone says, what you can do is walk in the truth, know the truth. I've been adopted. Walking the truth is freedom for me. Yep. Sit at the dinner table, then... And we'll know I belong to the family. I will feel like it's... Oh, so 
Yeah, so sit at the dinner table. So that means, well, it could mean, as I'm trying to translate Alicia's stuff, but fellowship with the Father, uh, if you're with Him, your whole identity, the Scripture says your life is hidden in Him. So if you sit with the Father, you will feel like a son or a daughter, right? But yeah. if, you, if you sit by yourself, you may be tempted to think that you are by yourself, right? <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. But if you actually fellowship with him, the one who says he's your father, you may start believing that truth and um, learn him. And actually, that's part of the walking with him, right? It's good, Alicia. Thank you. Anybody else on how to remind? But yeah, I think we haven't done and we haven't done yet. But it's something that's sort of coming up in our church at the moment is is trying to encourage the body to to take communion. More regular. Yeah. So, so I think communion is a good thing. Just yeah. Communion. communion is a good thing. Hold on, my wife wants to add something. Speak. Okay, this is a good. It's a little this louder. Is a good, this is a good one for me. If it's not allowed in heaven, it's not allowed in my life. As it is in heaven, so shall it be in my life in this moment right now. And can you guys hear her? She's talking loud now. Yeah, we no. can. Yeah. Okay. Are no, you good? Say it again. Okay, so I, I constantly think of this um, in feet, force feed myself is like an IV that as it is in heaven, so shall it be in my life because I'm not just trying to renew my mind, I'm trying to transform my mind into a whole different image. So my image is that is what is allowed in heaven. What does heaven look like to me? What is Father doing in heaven? What is Yeshua doing? What is Holy Spirit doing? And what are uh, all the people that have gone before us doing? What's it concerning in my life today? So, what's not allowed in heaven, I don't allow in my life. And what is allowed in heaven, I allow in my life. And that goes with thinking, because it's all about your mind. If the kingdom's within, and your mind is renewed, your king, the kingdom can come forth from you as a good conduit. But when there's a mixture, it gets clogged up and you get stuck. Yeah, it's good. That's very good. Alright. Can I ask a question? Um, what is, as you just said that, what is in heaven? How do you see that as in heaven? Oh, that's good. So, um, one, we have to acknowledge heaven, right? As in mm-hmm. heaven exists, right? We have this book called the Bible that gives some glimpses of what's in heaven, right? And then by faith we can go into heaven, right? So you have, you have three options there. And there, oh, the, fourth yeah. one, the fourth one would be um, people that you, that you, or that are in your life, whether it be your church life, your whatever life, that are modeling um, godly characteristics, right? And so we're, we're really thinking about, you know, lifestyle things. So if you see someone who is a, you know, a positive thinker, we know God is positive, you know. Yeah, yeah. The Bible says that God's thoughts and intentions for us are altogether good. So that's positive, right? So you want to adopt that one quality into your life. So when you have a negative thought, you take that negative thought, measure it against the truth, and you go, wow, that's not a thought I should continue to think on. So I drop that thought, replace it with a good thought, right? So we've heard today about um, a gazillion orphan thoughts and feelings, we need to write those down and then 
draw a line through them and replace them with the right thought. So earlier someone said an orphan has no father. Okay. If we ever, if that thought ever passes through my mind of um, you don't have a, a good heavenly father, well, I need to scratch the thought out and go, the Bible says <laughs> uh, I've been adopted, God's good, and I need to go and, and reinforce that truth with either biblical stories or other biographies of people or testimonies from people, right? And so I, I replace that thought and that pondering with the truth. And that's how you practically do it, right? Um, and, and that's where meditation comes in, right? So if, if any of these words of an orphan or betrayal uh, kind of resonated in you, then you need to, uh, as my wife said, force feed yourself on the opposite of that, right? Yeah. So if, you, if you've ever felt, you know, if, you know, if you're tomorrow, tomorrow for me is Monday, right? If, if, if I'm concerned with my future, which is tomorrow, right? I need to, today, or before tomorrow, deal with, okay, why am I anxious about tomorrow? Why am I concerned about tomorrow? Okay, those are not good things. They may be facts, okay? But what is the truth that I need to be thinking about, right? Is my God in tomorrow, right? Is my God for me? Well, oh, I think he is. Well, I need to start thinking that, believing that, and acting that way. If I'm going to act like God is in my tomorrow, <coughs> I don't have to worry about tomorrow. If I am worrying about tomorrow, I need to cast my care on the Lord, right? If I don't have a strategy for tomorrow, I need to ask him for help, because the Bible says he'll give me uh, wisdom if I ask, right? If I yeah. don't, if I don't ask, I'm being an orphan because orphans think they don't have anyone to rely on, right? That's orphans true. think I've got to think for myself. I've got to defend myself. But I'm not an orphan. I'm adopted, and since I have a father, I can go to my father and say, "Hey, I have a problem with Monday, right? I'm not, I'm not secure in Monday. Mm. Can I have a strategy for Monday? Can I have a promise for Monday?" Can I have a strategy for Monday? Can I have a friend for Monday? Can I have... What can I have for Monday? <laughs> you know, I need something for Monday. Or July or August, you know. Whatever is real to us is real to him. Whatever we're concerned about, he's concerned about. And he's saying, come to me. You know, you know what the scripture says, uh, come to me all that are weary and heavy laden for I will give you rest. The key word there is, come to me. Right? It's not, sit there in your worries. You know, if you, if you sit there, you're an orphan. But since you're adopted, you have a father to go to. Yeah. Yes, yes. It's good, one. Um, when a child knows they are part of a loving, united unity or parents there is now there's no hindrance to engaging with loving acts a son of God does not delay in going to the father good that's good Annie what I would add is if you see yourself delaying that's a that's showing that there's some orphan working in you and you need to 
make the choice to be faster, right? And, and change the habit of, you know, holding back to rushing forward, right? And and then and maybe that's where you get a, a live bus or some deliverance or you you fast for three days and you, and you pick you know eighty five scriptures to meditate on to really reinforce your mindset to reinforce your belief system you know but you can't be passive about this you know if something pops up you need to deal with it right if you mm-hmm. see yourself hesitating you know or not quickly going to father turn to a friend and say hey. Can you see anything in me that's causing me to not trust God? And a good friend will tell you, oh yeah, you've been watching all of those soap operas, right? And mm-hmm. none of those soap operas reinforce a father, a good father image, right? So what are you doing to, in, to reinforce a godly, good father whose arms are open wide, who's saying, here I am, what do you need, right? Um, is there something you're doing that's that's taken away from that perfect image of, a, of our Heavenly Father, right? Um, what are you feeding on? What are you, you know, what, are you fellowshipping at a, at a facility that they don't know, I mean, as a corporate group, they don't know God as Father, right? And as soon as you pick up on that, then you have a choice, do you do you go do you continue to go to a toxic environment that every time you walk in that environment they are not in full faith that God is for them and then you have to go home and detox right and you can do that but that's a lot of effort right mm-hmm. to 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 intentionally take in poison right so just saying right <laughs> <laughs> Good. I don't know where that came from, but that was for somebody. <laughs> okay. So, um, well, um, so um, that verse in Romans 8, um, you have received the spirit of adoption. Okay. The question is, you know, when someone gives you a gift, do you automatically receive it? Or do you put the gift on the shelf and say, I'll get to it later? Right. <laughs> uh, and I think sometimes as, as, as sons and daughters, sometimes the things the Father gives us through a word, through a book, through a scripture, through a teaching, we go, wow, that's a good word. And we put it on the shelf and we don't go back and read it, meditate on it, and actually receive it to ourselves. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, and receive it to ourselves. And on, on one level, it's like that is true for me, right? If you go, if you go to some wild meeting with someone, you know, up there, and they talk about some wild topic like um, uh, bilocating, being in multiple places at multiple times. If in your brain you say, "Wow, they can do that," if you say "they" and not "we." You have an orphan spirit. Sure. Okay. If you say they and not we, you have not received that truth. You have put that truth on a shelf, and you're looking at it, and you are a, a hearer of the word and not a doer. The way you engage with any truth is by faith, by saying yes, I, I agree. Yes, that's true for me. 
yes, I can. Not, yes, I'm doing. It's, yes, I can. Yes, it's for me. That's my truth, my gift, my revelation, me too. If you say, wow, Wally's awesome. Wally can, Wally. He is just all that. If you say that, you're, orphans, you're, you're taking the spirit of adoption, of orphan or bondage and fear and not adopt it. You are a joint heir. Everything that Jesus did and, and is doing, you can do because you're a joint heir, because you've been adopted, because the spirit of God is working in you. Not that you're, I've got to learn some more. I've got, it's not about learning. It's about believing. You don't have to learn anything else. You have to agree with the truth. You have to believe the truth. There's nothing you have to learn. There's no formulas. There's no, uh, there's no schools you got to go to. There's another Skype message you got to hear. You've got to believe the truth. That's, that's it, right? There's nothing keeping you from anything the Father has for you. There's nothing keeping you from fulfilling your scroll and your destiny. There's nothing keeping you other than you. If you don't believe it, you will never, 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 never have it. Yeah. Matter of fact, God can't make you do it either. As, yeah. power, as powerful as he is, he cannot make you overcome your situation. You have to believe that he has already overcome the situation for you. But it starts you believing that that's true for me. Mm-hmm. Right? And if you can't, and, it's, and, that's, and that's it, you must believe it's true for you. Not true for everyone else, true for you. He is my father. Right? Yes. Not everyone else's father, he's my father. He loves uh-huh. me. Right? Mm-hmm. All the songs we sing in church. The Father loves the body. I change those two. The Father loves me. Whenever there's a day, it's a me. Now, it sounds really weird because I sing really loud, you know, and everyone's going like, bless me, bless day, and I'm like, me, 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 my, me, me, my, me, Wally, me, Wally, Wally, me. One of the ways to memorize scripture, what, that would transform you, like, when I didn't, when I didn't believe that I had the capacity to love, Someone said you need, to, you need to memorize First Corinthians thirteen. I thought that's thirteen verses. That's impossible. Well, it's not impossible. It's just hard. And so, so once you memorize the scripture, you then instead of love is kind, Wally is kind, right? Yes. And so, and also you're personalizing the truth. You're making because you know Jesus is the truth. You have to make the Word become flesh. In John one, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. If you let the Word of God become your flesh, that you totally identify it, then you'll change, right? But it starts with believing the truth. If you believe the truth, then you can receive the truth. If you receive the truth, the truth will change you. That is knowing the truth will set you free. We think it's going to the conference enough, and then we'll we'll we'll, we'll just catch it. No, you have to hear it, receive it. Well, hear it. Believe it, be a doer of it, okay? And being a doer of it helps you to believe and receive, and then it changes you, right? What we want is we want to be changed without believing. We want to go to the car wash and come out clean, you know? Yeah, it doesn't work that way. So we gotta, we have to believe and receive, right? And then we're changed, then we're transformed. 
But that's the, that's, the, that's the hard work, right, we have, is the belief. Why is it so hard to believe? Because we're in a, we're in a world, we're in, a, we're in a, a, an aquarium, if you will, called the planet Earth, and the, and the water in our aquarium is toxic, right? It's not a faith environment we live in, okay? We live in a fear environment, right? But the Spirit of God in us, right, is not, it's not fear. We've been given, we've been taken, the Spirit of fear has been taken out of us, right? We've been given the Spirit of, of, of freedom, the Spirit of adoption. So now we have a new um, life source, right? Instead of breathing air, we need to breathe heavenly air, right? We need to breathe and receive from, from heaven and not from earth. Because if you receive from earth and you get what earth has, that's in John chapter 3, which is a wild deal of, no, no, I'm on the planet. Yes, you are. Or you can go through the whole entanglement thing and unentangling thing. We need to un unentangle. We need to connect and, and uh, tap in um, to the Lord. you got Ephesians 6.10 that says, you know, be strong in the Lord. Draw your strength from Him. Well, drawing, that's a... I, I thought I, I just received. Well, you receive. But receiving, even in, in, in the, the picture that Dion sent me, the scripture, Isaiah, those who wait on the Lord... The word wait there is not a passive word. It is an active, aggressive wait. It's like, okay. I'm there in front of you. I'm right here. You know, it's everything in your being is leaning forward, not leaning back. It's a very active word. You know, uh, the kingdom of God is, is you know, uh, the violent or the active take it by force. So your belief is active. Your faith is active. It's not passive at any level at all. Anyway, as you, I was going to ask you the question about believing, you know, because of this last two weeks or so, it's like, why is it so hard to believe? Nailed it on the head, as I was going to ask you. <laughs> you know, the whole thing about the toxic air and stuff. You know, the yeah. way we, so it nailed it on the head for me. So well, really, yeah, we yeah. have to. I mean. Did anyone see that movie? Um, what's the movie? It's the movie with the fish in it. And the Nemo. father. Nemo, right? <laughs> so, so you remember the, when they, um, when Nemo is in the aquarium in the dentist's office, right? Yeah. And, and the, and their goal is to get out of the aquarium into the ocean, right? But yeah. to leave the safe environment of the aquarium, they have to, face the, you know, the air environment, which they can't live in, right? And so they've got to trust a pelican, which is a mortal enemy, right, to jump in his mouth to be carried in the water, right? You know, but so we, you know, are born into a planet that's, you know, quote-unquote safe for us, but it's it's toxic. It's We can't survive and thrive in an environment of fear, and anxiety, and performance, and all those things. And Jesus came to give us a different life system, right? But we have to believe it's so foreign to us, but we have to believe it, and work it, and keep doing it, right? Um, so it's, it's uh, we've got to get out of the aquarium and get into the ocean, okay? And the ocean we have is called heaven, right? And um, uh, we, we're in the world, but not of the world, right? And all those wild scriptures. So we have the ability in the Lord to actually create an environment around us that is faith, right? 
we have we have the ability to change environments to where they're conducive to the kingdom. You know, uh, a good king wants to expand this kingdom, right? So the kingdom of God dwells within you, but the kingdom of heaven's around you, and so you get to expand the kingdom to where it's more of a uh, faith-based versus fear-based, right? So every church gathering should be a place where you walk in and freedom is the norm, not the the exception, right? You walk in the door, you walk in that, you cross the line to where this is a faith place where there's where all things are possible environment, right? Our home should be all things are possible environments, right? But it, it, it first starts with is my mind a place where all things are possible? Okay. If your if your mind is not set on the things above in heaven, it's hard to have your household that way, right? Uh, it's it's even harder to have a group of people who are not believing, you know. So so that's why I I rarely ask for prayer requests on Facebook. Well, I never ask for Facebook prayer requests because I have no idea if I'm going to be in agreement with someone who is actually has a orphan mind, fear based mind. Kind of, kind of knows God, so I'm gonna unite with that unbelief. Mm, no, <laughs> right? And so, and so, you, you need to know who you're fellowshiping with, right? And help them all, you know, get on the same path. You know, if you go to a prayer meeting, the first thing you should do is go, "Hey, does everyone believe that God is our Father?" You know, <laughs> and and if you, and if anyone whose eyes, if anyone's eyes will not lock on your eyes, they do not know God as Father. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just—it's a simple test. They're just not secure in the relationship, right? And mm-hmm. what you do is you—you you walk over to them, you—you—you you, you have them, you—you you push your chin up, you look them eye to eye, and if you look in their eyes, you can either see that they don't—they're believing a lie, or there's a demon there. There's a demon. You cast the demon out. You tell—you tell the truth, and you go. The truth is, you are a son, and you're accepted. You need to believe that and start living that. Okay, now we can pray, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. now you have a foundation, right? That y'all are equally standing on. You know, we're all we're all sons. We're talking to our Father, who loves us, right? He's not an unjust judge. He's looking for how he can help us. He's waiting for us to lift, to re- to reach up our hands to be picked up, right? That's our good Father. Let's pray, mm-hmm. you know. But until yeah. your your unity like that, you have no idea what's going on, right? Yeah. So, wow. so. Love it. That's very good. So we're on this journey. We're not alone, right? We're not orphans in the journey. We're not walking by ourselves with, you know, uh, a stick and a flashlight, and the batteries are going out, you know. Um, but we, we are walking, right? Uh, that scripture in the Psalm, the 23rd Psalm about, you know, um, lo, I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. I used to think, why do you put that in there? Why would anyone ever choose to go through the valley of the shadow of death? You know, big sign. You're now approaching the valley of the shadow of death. <laughs> I'd like turn around and go back it's the wrong way, yeah. That's right. I would go, I, so for years, you know, I would work on creating other paths around the valley. You know, and and the funny thing is, the Lord would go with me. Okay, let's not get through there. And we'd go, you know, up the valley, down the valley, around the hill. And then one day, I came to that 
sign, you know, if you could, you know, Valerie said that, you know, two meters ahead, you know, three kilometers ahead. I think, oh, don't go. So my fear, right, of death, you know, says don't go there. So one day I said, I'm standing there uh, in front of the sign and, you know, two kilometers ahead, Valley Shadow Death, you know. Um, and I said, God, why, why, is that, why is that path even there? Right? And it was the first time I talked to him because I, I was talking to him about one of my fears, right? If I, if I don't talk to him about it, we don't talk about it. I'm not ready to deal with it, right? And he won't, he won't make me grow in an area that I don't want to grow in, okay? So I'm standing there for one time, and I go, uh, why would anyone go that way, right? He says, well, those who want to share light to those who are in that valley will go that way. And I went, oh, there's a purpose for this, <laughs> you know? So, so you're telling me if I don't go there, you still love me, still love you. But if I do go there, you're going to go with me? Yep, I'm with you. And if I go there, I, there are people that are in darkness who need my light because I'm the light of the world? Yep. So if I go there, then I'm actually walking with you and I'm then actually a joint heir with Christ because Jesus came to a planet that was death-filled, right? He was the only living one on the planet, right? He came to planet zombie, right? With the cure, the cure was in his blood, right? <coughs> and so, there's a movie about that. But anyway, so, um, so the deal is, what in the walk that we live, we can walk anywhere we want to walk, but a son is led by the Spirit of God, right? But if I choose not to be led and go my own way, I'm still loved, right? But it's but I can walk in my sonship if I follow Him. Right, and I will follow him more if I realize I'm with him. That he's with me, right? And I get to be with him. And as Dan mentioned in communion in John chapter six, it talks about, you know, if you eat my body and drink my blood, you are continually in me, and I'm continually in you. So every time you partake in 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 the right communion, because there's a religious communion which is, doesn't help you at all. But if you partake in the John six communion. You are reinforcing that you are in the Father, and the Father's in you, and that it helps you to walk the walk, and actually talk the talk, right? And be who you're called to be, and not forget who you are. And and there's so I, I so on my podcast I have a uh, a deal on communion. It's called John Six Communion, and it will help you if you've got any. Anyway, it talks about John Six Communion. Unlike any other communions that you've all partaken in, if you partake, if you do a communion that starts with in remembrance of me, that is not John six, and there's no life in that. Uh-huh. Just uh, good morning to you or good evening. <laughs> so, but I, I just you know I throw that out there. You need to go explore that. But because I've taken communion, you know, everywhere, and um, until I sat down and, and heard, you know. Not different teachers, but I was like, "What? There are people who live off communion. What? What is that? How can that be?" You know. So I finally sat down with the Father, and He just opened it up to me, and I went, "Wow! How long has this been true? It's been true forever." <laughs> mm-hmm. But the thing is, how long has the truth been true to you? Right? 
When do you actually receive the truth, right? You may have heard the truth, but did you receive the truth? You're the one that chooses the day you receive. How about that? That's good. You know, that's personal responsibility. You know, so it's up to you to receive the truth, right? Yeah. Um, so. Wow. So the scripture in John is is it's John chapter six, but uh, I don't have that teaching in front of me. But it's like it's definitely in the John chapter six. It's John John six is a long chapter, but it's the section we talks about eating my flesh and blood. So it starts around verse forty, forty and fifties. But my you can listen to my podcast and and then you can. Tell me if you like it or not like it, or agree or disagree, or or call me a heretic. One of those two, you know. So. <laughs> um, I love. <it. laughs> so, but it's. I mean, I, I, my, when I gave that message live, you should see the people's faces. I mean, it was like, oh, I mean, it was like, it. People's faces were, were contorting, and they were, <laughs> these these nice people were. Had this, the meanest faces I'd ever seen, right? Mm-hmm. And it and it was funny. I look back on that point. If I had not, um, I mean, it took me probably. Well, it took me. It took me a few months to be able to be able to to say that truth out loud. But I think the Lord took like I don't know, probably twelve years to prepare me to where I would not be afraid of their faces because I was so. And I would speak, and I would see people talk, respond, and if they didn't respond favorably, I would change my message, okay? Which is wrong. That's the way I, that's the way I would do it, right? And so when I'm speaking on this deal, and I was I was challenging their belief system on communion, and everyone in the room, you know, everyone in a who's ever gone to church one time has, knows something about communion, right? And I was like hitting this their this truth and. Well, what's what's true to you is true to you, right? So I was hating their belief system and bringing to them a, a a different understanding and challenging their belief systems on communion. And people went from angry, 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 angry to people leaving to people going hands on hips, which is the you know universal sign for what are you talking about, you know, to. Uh, <laughs> Hand on your chin, scratching your forehead, which is the what? Is it, what? Are you sure? To the the shaking of heads, which means I don't agree, I don't agree, I don't agree, I don't agree. To finally, like, and, and, and at a group of, it was only, mm, I think this was like twelve or twenty people. Only like one person survived, really, as in they they went through all those different feelings and emotions and manifestations to where, oh my gosh, this is great. I was like. And now I wasn't looking for that. I was looking to deliver what I blo- I believe is true, but it was amazing watching the people respond to a gift, right? And I think when I delivered it, I think only one person received it, actually, you know. Wow. And so, so the tape is there, and, <laughs> and so the challenge for you is like, you know, am I going to be a doubter, unbeliever, resistor, receiver? Will I open the gift? Will I believe the gift? Will I swap out my current understanding of communion for this 
John 6 understanding of communion, or will I have a whole new revelation of communion that I need to tell Wally about, which you know, which is very possible too, right? So, so that that's that's I don't know an option homework for you to go listen to that, but I think it's it's good. It's uh, so it's called John Six Communion, <laughs> a very deep title, right? You know, John Six Communion. <laughs> so, but uh, because you know, because most people they pray out of First uh, or Second Corinthians when they talk about communion, right? Or they refer back to uh, the New Testament, you know, when he's passing the cup. The Passover meal, which is really about Passover, not about communion, but there's bread and wine there, therefore it must be communion, right? The Last Supper. But anyway, so, anyway, so it's it's there, John 6 communion, have fun with that. Um, okay, um, so we went a long time on, did you receive? <laughs> but but um, in that same verse, in verse 15, it says, uh, and I mentioned earlier, the Spirit producing sonship. I mean, I tell you, I, when, I, when I typed it in, um, when I was in the meeting last night and, and found the verse, read the verse, put it in my notes, printed it out today, and read that, I thought I had never seen it before. Sure. You know, because it, it, takes, it takes a lot of the weight off. It's the spirit producing sonship. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I swore it was Wally producing sonship. I mean, I, I know it was me. I mean, I, it, it's not... My name is not in the scripture. It's all about him, right? Mm. He adopted me. I need to agree with the adoption. He is producing or working in me. I need to agree and partner with him. But I'm not... I didn't start the adoption process. He did. I didn't start the sonship process. He did. He is faithful to complete the work he started. I need to just agree with him, right? Yeah. Yeah. I need to follow the leader. You know, I'm not leading. I'm not the the head goose that's flying and breaking the wind for the rest of the geese. Jesus did that, right? I get to overcome because he overcame everything, right? Yeah. And then verse 16 says, the Spirit himself, and this is what I, I, I saw this just, you know, two hours ago. The Spirit himself um, testifies together with our own spirit. And I put in the notes, not with our mind, not with our body, but he, the Spirit of God speaks to our spirit. That's why we've got to be so engaged in knowing we're spiritual beings, right? We're not human beings, but we were once human beings, now we're spirit beings, right? But there's something in this verse 16. The Spirit talks to the Spirit. It doesn't talk to your head. It doesn't talk to your body. It talks to your spirit. So you need to make sure your communication channels between you, 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 you being your spirit being, and the Holy Spirit are wide open, right? So for for those on the call who know about Ian Clayton's book on the uh, threefold nature man, uh, the Gates book, this is why the gates are so important. Those gate, the gateways or, or pathways of communication have to be open with the Spirit of God. Okay, and so so if the spirit testifies to your spirit, you want to make sure there's no blockage between spirit and spirit, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, and it's very simple. Oh, there's a blockage there. Blockage, go away. That's that's how deep deliverance is. Go away. Once it's identified, you have authority over it. Okay, 
Yeah. That's it. It's not. It's not like, oh no, I, I, I. It's oh, there it is. And then you aim your you aim your your sword, your laser cannon called the Word of God. You aim and fire, right? It's just, and then you believe the truth. I am no longer deceived. I'm no longer. I'm not separate from God. I'm no longer. I am adopted. And you tell the spirit or the thing or the mindset that was there to go, it goes, and you replace it with the truth, right? So, so, so the answer is when you when when things get tough and you're having a hard day, remind yourself. Oh, wait a minute! I'm not producing sonship. My work is just to agree and believe. Okay. Mm. Wow. It's a great day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you repeat the name of the book, please? What? <laughs> Can you repeat the name of the book, please? It's the book they sent you. Ah, oh, Ian Johnson, the Kiwi fella? No, Ian Clayton, the <laughs> egg South African, the book they sent you book. It's the Gateways, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, loved it. Is it Ian Clayton? Ian Clayton's book, yep. Yeah. Hmm. I've got the one by the Kiwi fella, Ian Johnson. Okay, I didn't send you an Ian Johnson book. I sent you an Ian Clayton book. Yeah. Oh. Have you guys read the Jenny Johnson book? <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> or is it Jenny Clayton? <laughs> it's the Gateway's Manual. There you go. Okay. Okay, cool. I thought his name was Ian. Well, how did I get on to Ian Johnson then? I don't know how you did that. <laughs> oh, my apologies. <laughs> I actually confused the two as well, Jane, so don't worry. <laughs> I, do too. I do that as well. I don't know why. Okay, um, okay it's, I'm just adjusting the notes here. <laughs> we live a life of adjustment. But see how, how simple it is to get on the path and get off the path? Right. Yeah. Um, but it, it's that simple to get on the path, right? It's not a big deal, you know. It's not, you know, um, we, we make things too hard, right? We want to go fast and pray because we have the wrong name. Okay, get over it. Pick the right name. Believe the truth, and we grow. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for that wonderful demonstration of adjusting the truth. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, we have more power over the environment, over any environment, if we actually exercise our power, right? And the first area that we need to exercise in is really the area between our, our ears, right? We need to get our, our soul in agreement with the truth, right? Um, we need to get our memories in agreement with the truth. Well, that's a good one. Because it's easy to go back and go, I should have done... This shouldn't happen. Why did it happen to me? And so if you dwell in the past on real things that really happened to you, I'm not saying we deny the past. I'm saying you need to take the past, those memories, and make the truth. I mean, because we've all been rejected and all been betrayed. Okay. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we are betrayed now. Right? Um, and so instead of focusing on the past, that what has actually happened... Let's focus on today, 
which I am accepted in the beloved right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's the truth, right? And let the truth deal with our memories. Don't try to fight your memories and your reality on your own. You will lose. Okay. Because your your body has memory, your feelings have memory, your brain mm. has it pictures stored up, you know. And anytime you lean on your understanding, those feelings and pictures and smells will all come right rushing to the surface, right? And then you'll replay it, and then your faith will grow in that wrong thing. And so when it starts coming, you need to stop the movie and then replay a new movie called I've Been Adopted, right? And yeah. then and then find you know real movie pictures of adoption, uh, well, good adoptions, right? And so, because uh, you got to replace the memory, you got to you got to have a, a new memory to fall back on, right? You've got to have something to help you in those hard times, right? Um, but we have the ability to choose, right? Mm-hmm. We can choose to dwell on the past in a fact, or we can choose to dwell on a, a truth, and and, to, and to, to to make that past less impactful on us. We need to meditate on on the truth and make that thing bigger than our past, and that's possible, right? And that's how we take the sting or the the pain point out of that that bad thing that happened, right? Or a series of bad things, or everything that was bad, you know? Because um, I used to belittle people's past, think, I'll just get over it. Well, that, that was wrong with me, right? Um, it was even wrong with me doing it to myself, right? Because the only one that could heal or take away the pain from those memories is Jesus. Jesus came in Luke chapter 4, well, he came in the earth, but in Luke 4 it says, he came to heal the brokenhearted. You cannot heal yourself from memories because you can't like undo that. But Jesus can, okay. Um, and so that's why you have to let Him walk in your life. Is that's why when the Scripture in John six, you know, I'm continually in Him, and He's continually in me, which means He can help me in my past when I went through that thing, if I let Him, right. And then we can walk in my present and the future together and have new memories and new victories and and new things to focus on and not the old things to focus on. But those are all very active and not passive, right? And so, like, again, we have to face our fears, right? So um, I don't like death and pain. And so when I do face those things on my own, I scream and run, right? But when I choose to face them with him, he's unmoved, and I look to him to how, okay, this is how you face death. Okay. This is how you face fear. This is how you face torture or torment. Okay, I'm going to look at how you stand, and I'm going to copy you. I'm going to look at how you feel, and I'm going to copy your feelings. What are you thinking when you're looking at your enemy? who has the ability to do such and such. What should my thoughts be? That's becoming like him, right? But yes. you, have to be, you have to be very, very honest with your feelings and, and don't act like I used to act like. There is, I don't feel any 
problems. I have no goosebumps. I, 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 I. <coughs> that was called de- denial, and I thought that worked. It worked. It worked for me deceiving myself, but it was not a very effective technique. Correct. It didn't last very long. So. Sure. So anyway, um, I, I say it again. We cannot be passive with our environment. We cannot be passive with the spirit of this age. We cannot be passive with the spirit of the world. We cannot be passive with fear. We cannot be passive with anything that's negative, right? Mm. Um, can I be passive with my large dog that's barking at other dogs? <laughs> my dog is very protective of, of our of our corner lot. When he sees another dog, he says, I must tell that dog who's in charge, right? Mm. Now, so the lesson is for you, when when someone shares you their defeated, 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 defeated testimony of how they're under and not over, how they're how they're the tail, not the head. If you just listen to it and say nothing, you're accepting their testimony as your testimony. Sure. Now I'm not saying be mean, but you need to not let those words be the last words in your ears, right? You need to say, "Wow, you lost everything. Wow, you're." All your kids were killed by ISIS. Wow. Hmm. Wow. That's intense. But my God, who's here for you too, who I'm now learning is my father, he has a way to deal with this stuff. You know? And I heard a testimony just yesterday about, you know, you know the, the ISIS guys, right? You know? And I'm like, well, what are you talking about? So this guy who I know, who, anyway, he was in Iraq uh, earlier this month, right? I can't, I won't do names because I don't like to do that third-hand testimony stuff. But he's in Iraq with, uh, he's, a, he's a worship leader, okay? He's not a soldier. He's a worship guy with a guitar. He does drums too, but he's a guitar guy. Good voice. I gave his name, you go like, I know him, but I can tell you his name. So he, he gets invited to go to Iraq by a Kurdish Muslim. Okay. He ends up there and the, and, and they're going to the front lines. They're not, they're not going they're not at the capital city where it's all safe. They're going to, you know, uh, two kilometers away is an ISIS stronghold. Not a story, but the real guys with the black flags, right? <laughs> And so he's there, and he's talking to this general, and says, "Why again did you invite me?" And the general says to him, "Well, whenever we've had Christians do worship here, the next day we win the war. We win the battle, not the war. Oh, war, yeah, war is long-term battles or you know daily, weekly type thing." And this guy who's been leading worship for decades, right? His pedigree, his parents are missionaries. He's got, you know, his belief system is pretty strong on this deal, right? And um, he says, now this, the guy is not a believer. He's a Muslim soldier, right? But he knows what works, okay? Wow. So he's like, so now the guy who's big time worship does not believe him saying this. He's thinking like, no, God's just using you. And we're going to do the, 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 the... So he's thinking, like, this can't be true. So meanwhile, they get closer to the front lines, which the closer they get, the bigger the tanks are, right? And the more 
body armor he's got to put on because you know this, he's in a, in a war situation. <laughs> now his his guitars I mean not not protected but his body is right. Um, he gets to um, within where he has he's looking through binoculars at the ISIS stronghold and um, he he can't believe he's this close right you know the general walks up to him and says okay I want you to sing now <laughs> you know and so right now the guy has a choice do I worship my God who's almighty or do I say I want to get out of here because what if they fire at me? What if they do a bomb? What if this... I mean, do, do you go into fear or do you go into faith, right? And I, and he left there realizing, oh my gosh, I I thought I knew the power of worship. But these unbelieving, uh, false God-worshipping people know the power of worship more than I do. And so I just heard that message last night and I was just, I was rocked myself going like, wow. Do I believe these words? Do I believe my God? Do I believe, do I believe, do I believe? Or do I just kind of give mental assent to it and kind of talk a good game, right? But we're, we're to the place where, you know, we need to start walking with him side by side and believing he's there. And that's the only way that we're going to, you know, make a difference in our own personal lives and, and, and change the environment around us. But a key, key thing is, not passive. You can't be passive in the kingdom. You know. Well, you can't be. Well, you definitely can't be a. Uh, I'll stop speaking there. Anyway, so any thoughts as we wind down and close out? Yes. Can I share? Nope, you can't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Annie, Annie's in Canada, so she's allowed to be on the call. She's international, so she's legal. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Yay. I'm I'm just coming undone. I am like really crying and weeping. This is like a little overwhelming for me. Really hard to hear because a part of it is I don't want to hear it. But it is true. If we want Father to position us, if we want to be positioned by the Almighty God, we're going to have to do things like that and there is no way around the mountain. We either go through with him or we don't go through. And it is like just revealing to me that I can do nothing in my own strength. Nothing in my own strength. I have nothing to offer this world. Unless I relinquish control to the Almighty God, the King of Kings, and the Lord of Lords, I am nothing. Yes, I am a son of God. Yes, I am the daughter of the Most High. But I am only worthy because of His blood. I am only worthy because of what he's done already on the cross. So why do I act like a slave at times? Why do I act like I am a, I am not adopted? Why do I act like I cannot go forth and I cannot accomplish things for the king 
disappointment. I know that having heard all this, I will go to my prayer closet and I'll fill up the bathtub with soapy hot water and I will be so happy to be able to go before him with more transparency and more desperation over this one particular fear. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. Mm. You're welcome. You're all my family. And I no longer fear being transparent anymore. That line in the sand was defined many, many years ago. Many years ago. I know I'm no longer alone. Bless you, Amy. I'm done. I mean, talking. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. Anybody else? Can't make that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's the, the strange reality that we can do nothing in our own strength. Even though he's made us so powerful, we are never independent from him. Yeah. Uh, we... Uh, I'm still learning that maturity is growing ever dependent upon him, not independent. Mm. And um, and as, as mighty as we are in him, we still need him, right? And no matter how strong we are, we still can't do stuff without him, even though he's given us the ability to do stuff, right? Um, our, our victory is in our unity with him, not separate from him even though he's given us all things, right? So my mind has a hard time getting around that, and I, I, I'm trying to not even try to get my mind around it and just, just believe it, you know, because I, I don't think I'll ever understand how that's possible. Because, like, if I'm given a powerful tool, you know, a, a gun, right, well, don't I have the power to defend myself? Well, yes, I do, but that's a deception, Right. If I choose to defend myself with the power that I have, I'm somehow weaker than if I choose to defend myself with my father who's given me the gun. You know, so it doesn't make any sense at all, but I know I've got to lean towards relationship and not towards the power. You know? So. Okay, well, um, united we stand, divided we fall. Uh, we can, um, uh, we'll close out now. I'm going to turn the recorder off and believe that it recorded 99 minutes and 42 seconds. <laughs> <laughs>